0: Hey friends, it is a joy to greet you. I am here in the chancel of the Village Presbyterian Church in Prairie Village, Kansas. I giving you greetings from our sisters and brothers here. It is an honor to be with you again, to preach with you. I'm grateful for the invitation of your transitional head of staff, the Reverend Anne H.K. Apple, and for the session's invitation to join you on this day. Friends, I invite you to pray with me, please. Let's pray together. So, O God, we gift to you yet once again, this moment and these days. So take over, O God, and gift us with your Holy Spirit. Your name we pray. Amen. So, friends, the word of God continues for us this day as it comes... From the book of Acts. This is the 20th chapter, the 7th through the 12th verses. It's an obscure little story about the Apostle Paul on his third and final missionary journey. So listen for the word of God as it comes to us this day. Now, on the first day of the week, when we met to break bread, Paul was holding a discussion with them. Since he intended to leave the next day, he continued speaking with them until midnight. There were many lamps upstairs in the room where we were meeting. A young man named Eutychus, who was sitting in the window, began to sink off into a deep sleep while Paul talked still longer. Overcome by sleep, he fell to the ground three floors below and was picked up dead. But Paul went down and, bending over him, took him in his arms and said to them, do not be alarmed, for his life is still in him. Then, having gone back upstairs and broken bread and eaten, Paul continued to converse with them until dawn. Then he left. Meanwhile, they had taken the boy away alive and were not a little comforted. Friends, the grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Thanks be to God. Amen. All right, so we have this obscure little story that appears in the 20th chapter of Acts about the Apostle Paul. He's in Troas, a town he's visited at least once before we know. He's been there for the whole week, and this is the last night he's going to be in town and he gathers the church together yet once again. Chances are, if Paul follows his usual pattern, he's been having evening religious services there in whoever's house they could choose. Remember, in the first century, these were all house churches. There were no Idlewild Presbyterian church buildings like this one. There were no village Presbyterian church buildings. People met in homes. So he would have gathered all of the believers there in Troas and preached every night. It's his last night. So he gathers them again. And he starts talking with them. And talking with them. And talking with them. Preaching. Until midnight. And there's a kid who is sitting in the window who sinks off into a deep sleep, not just a regular sleep, but a deep sleep, something young people have this amazing gift to be able to do. He falls into such a deep sleep that he falls out the window, hits the ground three floors below. This is a pretty impressive house, by the way. And the Bible says that he's dead. That stops the apostle from preaching. Now, he goes downstairs, apparently, to the street. He picks up the boy, and he says something odd. He says, don't be alarmed, for his life is still in him. Then apparently, he drops the boy back down on the street, and he goes upstairs and eats, finally, and continues preaching until dawn. And then he leaves. And the story ends with this cryptic phrase, meanwhile, they had taken the boy away alive and were not a little comforted. Yeah, so what on earth are you doing, Holy Spirit? Why would you leave this obscure little story in the Acts of the Apostles? One commentary says this story is here to show how important preaching is. The problem with that theory, I think, is that Luke, who wrote about this, doesn't record what the apostle said for those hours. He never writes down what Paul preached. You know, Paul later on says in his letter to Timothy, his second letter to Timothy, that all Scripture is inspired by God and given to us useful for teaching and for reproof and for correction and instruction in righteousness. So this story, too, should be helping us in some way. What could the Holy Spirit possibly be doing for us in the year 2021 with this story I kind of think one of the reasons why the Spirit gives us this story is actually to say to those of us who are preachers, you know, it is possible literally to preach so long that you bore a kid to death. But you juxtapose this story with the prophet's words in Jeremiah, who we just heard, says, the days are surely coming, says the Lord, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. It will not be like the old covenant that I made with them that they broke, though even though I was their husband, says the Lord. This new covenant I will put my law within them and I will be their God and they will be my people and I will write this covenant upon their hearts and no one will have to say to one another, know the Lord for they shall all know me from the least of these to the greatest of these. I think God is speaking through the prophet Jeremiah to say to the Hebrew people, There are new ways of knowing that are coming. There are new ways of being. I think the Holy Spirit is leaving this story in Acts 20 to say to us today there are new ways of knowing. There are new ways of being. Paul, you shouldn't have just been talking and talking and talking. Church, You're not just about talking and talking and talking. There are new ways of being, and you are being called to it. It's not lost on me that tomorrow we remember and commemorate the amazing life and witness and sacrifice of the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King, Jr., new ways of being. Dr. King tried to show us, as a people, there are new ways of being, Americans together. It's not lost on me that two days later, and I pray it will be a safe day, we will inaugurate the 64th President of these United States, I'm sorry, the 46th President of these United States, Joseph Biden of Delaware, and we will inaugurate Kamala Harris of California as the first woman and the first person of African and Asian descent as vice president of these United States. And it is not lost on me that two weeks from now, you will meet at least virtually, eventually in person, the Reverend David Powers, who will be your new head of staff, your new senior pastor. And it is not lost on me that in months to come, by the grace of God, we will gather again in person And we will pass the peace in person, and we will shake hands, and we will hug, and we will break bread together because you are Idlewild Church. I know you. I've been with you before. You people eat at every single opportunity. It's your nature. It's in your DNA. But listen to this. If you think that in those new days when we gather again, everything is going to be just the way it was before, then the truth is not in you, and you are deceiving yourselves. God is calling us to a new way of being. God is calling us to a new way of knowing. And that new way of being, that new way of knowing God... We are desperate for that in this country and around the whole world. We saw the violence at the nation's capital. We continue to hear threats, angry voices. Friends, we're being called as the church of Jesus Christ to a new way of being in these days. A way that's less about rhetoric and more about action. So that people just see faithful people doing faithful things. And they take notice. And they're changed. Several years ago, I was privileged to be the speaker for a retreat group of young people in Cascades Presbytery. These are the churches, the Presbyterian churches in western Oregon and southwestern Washington. It was a fall weekend. The retreat was Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It was for high school students. On Friday night, they had gathered at this wonderful, beautiful conference center outside of Portland, overlooking the Columbia River Gorge. It's a beautiful, beautiful sight. Right away, I was drawn to and met Marissa, who was a freshman in high school. Marissa was a paraplegic, and so wheelchair-bound, paralyzed from her waist down. I was impressed that she came. As wonderful as this conference center was, it wasn't fully accessible. Well, that meant that Marissa couldn't go to the girls' cabins, for instance. She had to stay in the lodge, which is the only place that it co- could accommodate her with one of the adult leaders she couldn't go to small groups very easily so her small group had to meet in the lodge Um, we had to work to get her out of the lodge to get to the dining hall but we could accommodate that but it took work on the saturday afternoon it would rain most of the morning but we got some plywood sheets out on the field and marissa could at least come out and be there with us while the group was doing some activities there on the lawn I remember going up and soddling down next to her and just talking to her, and she was delightful and thoughtful and gracious. Oh, I thought, oh my goodness, Marissa, you are beautiful and wonderful. I'm so glad you're here. Thank you. The exact opposite of Marissa was Darren. Um, he was easy to pick out right away on Friday night. Marissa, freshman. Petite, relatively quiet, Darren was a senior, he was loud, he was huge, handsome young man, charismatic, um, almost borderline bullying behavior, would pick on younger young people, and he always seemed to know exactly where the threshold was before he would get into trouble. He would go right up to it and then back off of it, and sometimes some of his buddies would go over it, and they would get in trouble, and he wouldn't. He was loud uh, and always making bodily noises at inappropriate times. You liked him because he was fun to be around, so charismatic, but he was sort of a jerk. So we finished Saturday and ended up after worship with a dance. And we cleared out all the chairs in the lodge so the floor was open and there was a guy there who brought in his sound system and he was doing music and it was a high school youth conference dance and so we were sort of group dancing there really weren't couples and it was fun and we did some energizer type things it really was a lot of fun and then i noticed that darren had gone over to the guy who was running the music and he was talking to him and the guy cut off the music. And this is so typical of Darren. And Darren turned to all of us, almost 200 of us, and yelled at us, get a chair, everyone get a chair. And so we all went up and we grabbed each of us a chair. And I was thinking, you know, it is so typical that he just orders and we just do stuff. And, and then he said, scatter the chairs out on the floor. And so we scattered the chairs out on the floor. Everyone sit down! And then we all sat down. And I'm thinking, what, are we, like, is this a game? What are we doing and why are we listening to you? And then he yelled at Marissa, who was over in the corner in her wheelchair. And he was sitting down in a chair. And he said, Marissa, wanna dance? And I looked over in the corner and there was Marissa And she looked a little startled, but she was smiling, and he said, come on, dance. And she moved her way across the floor in front of him. And Darren yelled at the guy and said, "Okay, go. And he started music up again. And some of us started to get up, and he said, no, no, sit down. We're dancing. Dance sitting down. And Marissa and Darren, they showed us a whole new way to dance. I'd never danced that way before. It wasn't, it wasn't even in my imagination to dance that way. But Darren and Marissa, they taught us a new way for the church to dance. You be ready, Idlewild Church, because the God of the universe is saying to you, for 130 years, faithful children and young people, young adults, women and men, they've been doing their best to be a witness to Jesus Christ here. Now get ready. Because there are new ways of being. There are new ways of knowing. You are on the verge of new ways of being that you may not have even imagined. Because that is the nature of the God of the universe. That is the nature of the God whom we served, The one who says to us, no one will have to say, know the Lord, for they will all know me. From the least of these to the greatest of these. And I will forgive their iniquities and remember their sin no more. That is a promise of a new covenant that God has made with us in the person of Jesus Christ and the power of the Holy Spirit who is at work even now. So get ready, at a wild Church for there are new ways of being and there are new ways of knowing and they will come to us for us and through us and because of us and even in spite of us not for our glory but for the glory of the one who called us into being who abides with us now and who empowers every single breath in this body of Christ. Do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. For we, we are the church of Jesus Christ, and we will be that church for as long as God desires. Friends, new ways of knowing new ways of being, new ways of acting. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.